Do you know and do you realize that the enemy has no new tricks? You realize he, he doesn't have anything new. He's not making up any new things. He has no new lies. He's not coming out with any new devices. Now, we might see things happening in our nation that we've never seen before. I've said that many times. I've heard many of you say that many times also. Man, look at the stuff that's going on in our nation. I ain't ever seen stuff like this before. But you have to realize it's still the same old lies of the enemy. It's still the same deception that he's always ever shown. It's nothing new. Ecclesiastes tells us there's nothing new under the sun. Satan is not coming up with all this new stuff. He's not. It's the same old junk that he's always been sowing into humanity. His deceit, his trickery, his lies, they're all just wrapped in a, a new wrapping and, and he, he just tries to make it like it's new. It's the same old lies just with a different set of clothes on. That's, that's all that the enemy has. He has the same stuff. He just tries to form it and fashion it and make it look different, make it look new. It's the same old junk that he's been saying since the opening text I just read you, since the Garden of Eden. Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now that's precisely where I believe that the Lord would have us start this morning. Clear back in the Garden of Eden. You know, it amazes me how many times I preach and Pastor Joe preaches and we're starting clear back at Genesis. Genesis is so important, especially those first few chapters. So pivotal for us to understand all the things that, that we still look back to that beginning today. Let, let's read Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 again, but this time we're going to read a little bit further. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman... Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, now I like to take that passage, and many times when I'm reading the Bible, I like to take the passage that I just read, or the chapter that I read, or the, or the book that I just read, and sometimes take a step back and see what it's really saying, see what it's what's trying to, to purvey, what's, what's the message that it's trying to, to convey to the reader here this morning. You know what I believe that this little passage here, our opening text, this Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, you know what I think it's trying to say to us this morning, that if you peel the wrapper off this lie that the enemy is sowing, I believe what Satan is really trying to say here to Eve is, hey Eve, there's another way to live. There's another way to live apart from God. He's trying to say, you know, has God said this? And Eve indeed actually says, yes, yes, he has said this. But Satan's questioning it. And he's, he's trying to cause doubt onto the boundaries that God said. And he's saying, you don't have to live in these boundaries that God has set for you. No, no, no. There's another way, Eve. Let me tell you about this other way. 
Eve. That's what he's saying. He's deceiving them to believe that there is another way to live life outside of God. He's saying, Eve, let me show you another way. Let me show you another path. You don't have to listen to his path. You don't have to listen to his suggestions. Let me tell you another route there is, Eve. That's what he's saying. And Eve here actually does tell the serpent the truth when she says, God said we can eat of any, any fruit of any of these trees. But God did, in fact, say, don't eat from that tree that's right there in the midst of the garden. Don't eat of that one. So she does tell him the truth. She tells the serpent that God said, don't eat the fruit of that tree. And indeed, if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, it says this. And the Lord God commanded the man, Adam, saying, of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat. God says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That is what God actually said. That is the command that he gave them. You can eat of any of these trees that you want to. If the fruit looks good, pick it, eat it, have it, I made it for you. But this one tree here, do not eat of it. Don't, for in the day you do, you shall surely die. That was the boundary that God set. That's the line that God drew and said, don't cross that line. Stay away from that tree. It was very simple and very clear. That was the law that God gave them. They were to abide by it and they were to live by it. That was the command. They were to dress and keep the garden and not eat from that tree. Now, when God said, don't eat from that tree, it wasn't a suggestion. It, it doesn't, we didn't just read, uh, Adam, I suggest that you don't eat from that tree. It, it was not a suggestion. It wasn't up for a vote. God didn't say, hey, let's everyone sit down and I'm going to vote. And, and Adam, you have a say too. You, have a, you can vote too and so can Eve. I would suggest you vote against eating from this tree because it's not good. It wasn't up for a vote. It also wasn't for Adam's consideration. It wasn't for Eve's consideration. Uh, Adam and Eve, can you consider not eating from this tree? Because if you do, good things aren't going to happen. It was not a vote. It wasn't a consideration. It was a suggestion. It was a command from God. It was the boundary that he set. He said, here's the line. Don't cross it. That's it. But here we have the serpent questioning that boundary. Here we have the serpent second guessing. He's sowing deceit. He, he's trying to get Eve and he's saying, Eve, wait a minute, let's think this through. Did he really say that or, or did he mean this or that? He's trying to cause doubt in the mind of Eve. And Satan's very good at it. But he's telling Eve, you don't know, you know that rule that God said, you know the way he told you to live? I'm telling you, there's a different way, Eve. Just listen, just hear me out, Eve. There's a different route that you can take. Other than the one that he just said, there's a different route. And he's, he's selling it to Eve like God is trying to keep you from this good life, Eve. Eve, if you cross this boundary, there's better things for you over there. God is trying to keep you from that. He's trying to block you. You could have a wonderful life. 
You could be as God's Eve, knowing good and evil. If you just cross this little boundary that he said, he's trying to inhibit you, Eve. That's exactly what he's trying to do. It's like God's suggestion to not eat that tree is inhibiting humanity from finding a better life, from real living. The serpent is saying to Eve, Eve, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live underneath a God's thumb. He's holding you back, Eve. You can walk through those boundaries. Walk through them. He's trying to keep you from wonderful things. That's all the serpent's doing here. Yea, hath God said? The serpent is saying to Eve that, that these boundaries that God has set, that they're inhibiting her. They're inhibiting humanity from a better life. He's saying that there's a different way you can live. You can live differently than the way God commanded. He said this, but I'm here to tell you there's a different way, a better way. It's almost like he's, he's saying that humanity, humanity can achieve more if we break the boundaries that God has set. You see, he's, he's given us these boundaries and he's keeping us from soaring to new heights. We've got to break these boundaries and humanity can achieve whatever they want. You can be as gods. You can be as gods. Brothers and sisters, this is a pure lie. It is a pure lie from Satan. There is no other life to be found outside of God. There is no other life. Mankind was not designed to live apart from God. We're not designed for that. There is a missing longing inside of each and every one of us. A void in each and every of us. Wherever you're located at geographically in this world there's something inside of us that says there's something where's my creator who is my creator how can I know him it's written inside of our hearts mankind was not designed to live apart from God I I believe with any everything in me this morning listen to me now that this lie yay hath God said I believe that this is the lie that the enemy has sown into our nation and our nation has bought it. We we can break these boundaries. He's holding us back. It's true, serpent. We we can cross these boundaries. We can go through, we can achieve greater things. Then I I don't want to just be kept within these confines. I'm going to step over those boundaries and see what's out there. Because there's a better life out there. There's a better way out there. We can achieve greater heights. It's a lie. It's a lie. He has lied to our nation. And our nation has bought it. That There's another way to live apart from God. He has sown into our nation that we can govern without God. He has sown into our nation that we can conduct our business apart from God. He has lied and sown into our nation, into humanity, into people that we can thrive, that we can flourish without God. Leave him behind and we can flourish. Humanity can soar. He has lied and told us that societies, we can achieve more. We don't need him in society. Apart from God, our society can soar. He has lied and told us that we can be good without God. 
We, we can achieve goodness. We can work towards utopia. Just leave the boundaries of God behind. It's out there. You just got to cross those boundaries. He's lied, church. He's lied. And our nation has bought it. He has lied and said that if we break God's boundaries, there's a better way of life for us. He has lied and said that if we leave God, if we leave His laws behind, that mankind can achieve greater heights. He has lied. He has said that God is obstructing us. God is standing in the way. He's in our path. Shove Him aside. Move Him over. Move Him out of the way. And let's see what kind of life out there we can achieve. Let's see what we can build. Let's see what humanity can do. We don't need held back. Move, Lord. We don't need your commandments. Church, do you not believe me? Can, does anyone else notice the ridiculous things going on in this nation? Utter, utter nonsense going on in this nation. Nonsense going on. Church, we are a nation that has bought into the lie that there's another way of life outside of God, apart from God, leaving Him behind. You don't need God to govern. You, you don't need God in your family. You don't need God in your cities. You don't need God in your communities. We don't need God in our schools. We don't need God in our universities. Do you know that a major percentage of our universities, of our higher learning, were born out of Christianity? They were born out of Christianity. Walk to Muskingum College, walk around that campus, any one of you, and look at all the scriptures that are written on the cornerstones of that building. One of them in one of the buildings says, what hath God wrought real big? My wife and I, we walk up there a lot, and I see that every time. It almost brings tears to my eyes because now God has been completely eradicated from that campus. Completely eradicated just from that campus and all these universities and colleges that were born out of Christianity. And now we've left God behind and said, hey, you, you've been holding us back for all these years. You have been holding us back. All these goofy boundaries and laws that you gave us, them, them foolish Ten Commandments, we don't need them. I'm going to step across those boundaries and find a better way. Now, you don't need God in your business. We don't need God in our marriages. I can do my marriage. I don't need God. We don't need God to parent. We don't need Him to tell us to do anything. We are as gods now, knowing good and evil. We don't need God at all. We can achieve this better way of life outside of God. Brothers and sisters, I hope you're hearing me today. There is no other way of living outside of God that is right. There is no other way outside of God's boundaries. Matter of fact, I would argue the exact opposite of that. I would make the statement that man can't do anything right outside of God. Man can't do anything right outside of the boundaries that he has set. We have butchered up everything. Everything. The family unit. Our communities, our cities, the way we govern has been all butchered up because when we say, eh, we don't need this, I think there's better ways. I think I know a better way. Ultimately, we make a giant mess out of it. Amen. A big giant mess. We can't do anything apart from God. 
Nothing. We can't do anything right. We butcher it up. And this is the same exact lie that the serpent beguiled Eve with. It's the same, yay, hath God said? Are you sure he said that? Do you, should we look a little closer at these boundaries that he set? And he's boxing you in. Come on, get rid of that stuff. Yay, hath God said? You know, here's, here's what's wrong. Whenever we begin to say, yeah, hath God really said that? Did he really mean that? I don't think he meant that. I think it was just a suggestion. Or he meant it for those people, not necessarily for me. Here's what's wrong whenever we say that there's a way of life outside of the boundaries of God, outside of God's law. Here, here's the crux of the problem. It's that there is no truth outside of God. There is no truth outside of God and his boundaries and his laws. There's no truth. There is no truth. There is no. Everything that God has instituted, everything that he's constructed in this word, when you go outside of it, there's no truth. There, there's no truth. Everything that God instituted, everything that God constructed is good. Everything that God has constructed is right. Amen. And when you go outside of it, you're leaving what is good and what is right and what is wholesome. You're leaving it. You're departing from it. You're departing from truth. Listen to this. Colossians, I feel like I have good scriptures today. I love all these scriptures. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. It says this. Now, now it's talking about Jesus, but we're going to not read up above there. But it's talking about Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Listen, we're talking about God this morning. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, Visible and invisible, whether it be thrones, dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Brothers and sisters, there is no truth outside of God. He has made all of this, everything. He is the moral lawgiver to the entire universe. There is no other truth outside of what he has constructed and given us. All things. He has created all things. He's made everything. There isn't anything made that he hasn't made. He did it all. And it's all for him. They all things consist in him. There is nothing outside of God. When you go outside of his boundaries, you're departing from what is truth and what is reality. You're leaving it. There is no truth outside of the law that he gave us. There is no truth outside of God. So, when mankind, or the serpent, when we say there is another way outside, another way of life, or, or when we say there's something outside those boundaries, or there's something on the other side of that law, what we're doing is we are departing from the truth. We're departing from it. We're leaving it. When the serpent says, Yea, hath God said... Or, or when one of us says, did God really say that? Is that what he meant? I mean, that's kind of going out of style, isn't it? He said that thousands of years ago. I mean, I'm sure he's changed his mind by now. Whenever we do that, 
when, when, when we listen to him, what we're ultimately doing is we are departing from the truth. Amen. We're turning away from the truth. That's what it is. Whenever we say, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, I've never thought of that before. I've never looked at it that way. You're departing from the truth. In the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, I actually read this, I preached about it a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Jesus tells us, and we don't have to turn there, but we're all familiar with this scripture. Jesus tells us in verse 6 that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, Jesus, now that's a pretty serious statement. If you know your Bible, if you know Christianity, that's a pretty serious statement that Jesus makes. He is the way, the truth, and the life. As in the only way. When he says the, he's saying the only. There are not multiple pathways to heaven. There are not multiple pathways that you, names you can be saved under. There are not multiple pathways to salvation. It is only him. But I want to focus on the middle there, right? Where he says, the way, the truth. Do you understand what, what Christ is saying here? He's actually saying, I am the truth. He's, he's not only preaching the truth. He not only taught us the truth. His parables were not only true. Jesus is saying that I am the truth. Amen. I am the truth. So if something is good and right and wholesome and you follow it all the way back, you end up at God because He is the truth. I am the truth, He says. And remember, Jesus who made that statement we read in Colossians, He is the image of the invisible God. So in a sense, if you will, he, Jesus was the visible part of God. So it's God is saying here, I am the truth. I'm not just telling you the truth. I am the truth. When, when we tell God, I'm going to try something that I know you said not to, and I, I, but I'm going to try it, Lord, because I think this is a good idea. I think it could lead to good things. You are departing from him who is the truth. There is no truth outside of God. There is none. All mankind has tried so hard to seek truth outside of God, to seek goodness outside of God. Men have written books and tried to explain how we can be good, but just we don't need God. There is no good outside of God. Jesus is the truth. So when the serpent comes around you, and when he says, Yay, hath God said? You, 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 we must respond with, Yes, God has said it. It is true. Flee from me, Satan. It's done. The, these, these ten commandments that he's given us, the laws that he's given us, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, if you're familiar with it at all, all the things that Christ said in it, they're not open for debate. They're not open for discussion. Jesus didn't say at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, okay, everyone line up, we're going to vote on this, whether it's true or not. I had one of you come to me just the other day, it might have been this week, and say that they heard this other church just voted, they, they took up a vote and said, 
this is now acceptable. That ain't how it works. That's not how it works. This book's not up for, for vote. You vote on it and we'll see. We can make amendments to it. We can make changes to it. That's not how God works. God says, I am the truth. Here are the boundaries. You don't just vote new things into the Word of God. God does not care what is cool. God does not care what the easy way is. God does not care what's trendy. God does not care what's popular or unpopular. He does not care about that. He says, here's the truth. I get to say the truth because I made all this stuff. And that's the end of the story. This nation that we live in has listened to the serpent. We have listened to the serpent when he has said, Yay, half God said. We've said, Wait a minute, what, what does he have to say? Let's just hear him out. We've listened. And the serpent has questioned everything that God has said. Everything. He perverts everything that God does. He has perverted everything. Everything. And when we listen, then humanity ends up making a mess out of everything. He, Satan has come and he has said, Listen, yay, half God said that this is what a family should be. He has come and said, yay, half God said that this is what marriage is. He has come, the enemy has come and he has said, yay, half God said that this is what sexuality is. Do you understand when we redefine these God-given institutes, when we redefine them, we're saying, yay, half God said. With all these constructs that God has given us, he designed them. Man didn't make up marriage. God made up marriage. We don't have the right to say, let's, let's rethink this here. Yay, half God said this is what masculinity is. Yay, half God said that this is what gender is. All these constructs that God has given us. If we look at any of these things and we say, wait a minute, let's, let's rethink this. Wait, let's, let's talk this out. Just hear me out now. What we're doing is we're crossing outside of the boundaries God's given us and we're ultimately departing from the truth. Those constructs don't work when we leave God's boundaries. Yay, hath God said. There is no other way to do marriage. There is no other way to do sexuality. You name it, the serpent questions it. The, the serpent tries to get us to see an alternate, an alternate way to that, of all the things that God has said. All the things apart from what God has instituted. But the problem is, when you go down that alternate path, you depart from the truth. Because these are God's constructs, not man's, God's. The family, God designed it. God designed sexuality. God designed masculinity. God designed femininity. They're, they're His constructs, not ours. And there is no other way to do them. There is no other way to do them. Marriage, listen, marriage is God's construct. Anytime you depart from biblical marriage, you don't have the truth anymore. Amen. Sexuality is God's construct. 
Anytime you depart from biblical sexuality, you don't have the truth anymore. Masculinity, femininity, what a man is supposed to be, what a woman is supposed to be, those are God's constructs. He made them. He created them. He wired women. He wired men. Anytime you depart from them, you don't have the truth anymore. You don't have it. Anytime you go searching for a better way to do masculinity, anytime you go searching for a better way to do femininity, you don't have the truth anymore. Anytime you or anyone says we, we need to redefine them, you don't have the truth anymore. You don't have, there is no truth outside of what God has constructed, outside of what God has instituted and given us. When people, listen to me now, when people believe there is truth outside of God, and many people do, the majority of the people do, it leads exactly to where we are as a nation today. So where are we in our nation today? Well, in a nutshell, Dr. Seuss is offensive now. He is, his literature, which tens of millions of us has, have grown up on and loved, he is removed from eBay, although you can still get the Satanic Bible from eBay. Yeah. You can still get Mein Kampf, Hitler's book, but Dr. Seuss is bad. He bad. Where are we in the nation today? Well, masculinity is toxic. If you're a real man, that's bad. If you open up a door out of respect for a lady, that's bad. Man, if you're a man and you want to protect your lady, that's bad. That's not good. Where are we at in the nation today? Boys can compete in girls' sports. Man, that sounds good. Do you see the, the nonsense when you leave, when you leave the constructs of God? This is what it leads to. This is what it leads to. Where are we at in, in a nation today? Mm, there are infinite genders. Where are we at in a nation today? Let's defund the police because police are bad. Where are we at in a nation today? Men can go in women's restrooms. I think that'll turn out good. Where are we at in the nation today? Uh, every single statue is evil and racist. Where are we at in the nation today? Mr. Potato Head is now named Potato X. Do you see where departing from the truth when you say, eh, let's cross these boundaries. This is what it leads to. Nonsense. Nonsense. Why does it lead to nonsense? Because we've departed from the truth. Amen. Where are we at in the nation today? Aunt Jemima syrup? Bad. Land of Lakes butter? Bad. Give me a break. Where are we at in the nation today? Amen is a derogatory way to end a prayer. Amen. Where are we at as, as a nation today? <laughs> That's it. Touche. <laughs> what? That was a good. That's right up my alley. Honestly. I appreciate somebody with a good sense of humor. <laughs> All right, everybody, quit laughing. Where are we at as a nation today? 
Babies, one of you just told me this. Babies in the womb are now referred to as babies until they can decide their gender. Babies. When we depart from God's word, when we cross his boundaries, this is where you end up. Nonsense! It's nonsense! You're going to argue about Dr. Seuss? It's nonsense! Do you know some of the lyrics to some of the songs that we give awards to? The songs of the year. These are the best artists. Verbal pornography is what I refer to them as. Verbal pornography. We give them awards, but Dr. Seuss, bad. Mr. Potato Head, offensive. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's ridiculous. This is what it leads to. That's your destination. When you say, "Eh, hath God said, when you leave it, it's where it leads to. You know, I know we chuckle a little bit at some of these things. Because they're so outlandish. We chuckle at them. And it almost is funny in a sense, but it's not so funny when you think that these are the things. All of you have heard these, haven't you? You've heard this stuff going on. And there's a lot more of them. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Come on, don't we have more important things to discuss than Dr. Seuss, than be offended by Dr. Seuss? Isn't there people starving and dying? Can't we focus on that? When you leave the truth of God's word, that's what it leads to. Ridiculous, ridiculous notions. If it wasn't true, it would be laughable. These are the things that manifest in the nation that says, we don't need you, God. We don't need you to govern. We don't need you in our families. We don't need you to to parent We don't need you in our communities. We don't need you. This is what happens. Here we are. Real good, isn't it? We've achieved great heights. Everybody's offended by everything. Everybody cancels everything. You know cancel culture is going to lead to no culture at all. It's ridiculous. It's the result of departing from the truth of God's word. When you depart from his truth... You no longer have the ability to exercise discernment. You cannot. You do not have the ability to tell right from wrong. And you end up with, these things are all offensive. No, God, I'll judge between right and wrong. I'm a God. It's the same thing that happened in the Garden of Eden. Same exact thing. Yay, hath God said... You shall not eat of every tree. Did he really say that? I think he's trying to keep you from something. That fruit, if you eat that fruit, oh, you don't even know. When you kick God out of schools, eventually, Dr. Seuss becomes offensive. When you tell God, take a hike, eventually, you have people all torqued off about Mr. Potato Head. There is no way of life to be found outside of God. There is no way of life to be found outside of what God has commanded us in His Word. I told you I had some good scriptures today. I have some more, and I'm going to close on them. If I could invite the band to make their way back as I read these scriptures found in Isaiah chapter 45. The prophet Isaiah 
speaking the words of the Lord, is in no uncertain terms telling us here that the Word of God's not up for discussion, the Word of God's not up for a vote, the Word of God is not a suggestion. Listen to what he says here. I love these scriptures. Isaiah 45, verse 5, says this, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Verse 6 says, That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, there is nobody else, he says. I form the light, God says, and create darkness. I make peace and create evil, meaning calamities and destruction. I, the Lord, do all these things. Drop down, ye heavens, he says, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open and let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Now pay attention to verse 9. He says, Woe unto him that strives with his maker. Let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say unto him that fashioned it, Why do you make me thou? Or to or thy work, he hath no hands. Woe unto him that says unto his father, Why did you beget me? Or to the woman, Why hast thou brought forth? This is a warning from the Lord. Look back in that verse 9, because it could be a little confusing in the King James Version, where it says, Woe unto him that strives with his maker. That very next sentence says, Let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Potsherds just kind of like a, uh, the Lord's way of re- referring to man as a broken piece of a clay vessel. God here is saying, You man, you can go argue with other men down there on the earth. Don't try to come argue with me. Don't try to come rationale with me and reason with me. I made all this. It's mine. I'm going to do with I see is good with it. Don't even try to come argue with me. This is the law. This is the boundaries. You can go argue with other men if you want to, but woe unto the man that comes and tries to argue with me is what he's saying. Let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Church, this is God's earth. He made it. He made it. I I like the analogy of if I have a garden at home and I plant a flower and I plant another flower or whatever I plant, do not I, the gardener, have the right to say, I don't like that flower there, I'm going to move it over there. Or do I not have the right to pluck a flower out and say, I don't want this one anymore. It's my garden. I made it. I can do what I want with it. That's what the whole universe is to God. He gets to sake the rules. He gets to institute the laws. He gets to construct marriage the way that he wants to. Sexuality, masculinity. Why? Because he made it. He's saying there ain't nobody else. There's no one else beside me. There's none that can come compare themselves to me. One tried and he got thrown out of heaven down to the earth. And he has his day of judgment coming soon. Church, this is God's earth. He created all this. He gets the rights to set the boundaries and we don't have the right to redefine them or cross them. There is nothing outside of God. There is no truth outside of God. There is no other way than what God has given us in His Word. Let's stand, please.